Hey, everyone. Welcome to episode 214 of the All Dolphins podcast, a special bonus episode. Omar and I were planning on taking the weekend off. Don't tell weekend. them that. You want to keep keep them thinking that we're here all weekend because they need to just continue to check for the All Dolphins podcast Saturdays and Sundays and watch the episodes that they missed. See? Did, did, See but I'm, I'm, always, I'm, I'm always straight with the folks. I know we're, you are. We we're did, not did, planning on doing an episode unless news broke and news did break the hiring of Anthony Weaver as the Dolphins' new defensive coordinator. We will get to that in full detail from all angles. Before we do that, we will not skip the history lesson because it's a bonus episode. So it's episode 214, which brings us to the 2014 season, which was the last full season for one Joe Philbin as head coach. It was a season yeah. where the Dolphins wound up 8-8. Eight and eight. Uh Never really had a full season. Okay, okay. I thought it was the last season. No, you meant the last full season. Yes, and we'll get to an an, an important development and event there. Dolphins were five and three at the halfway point after spanking the Chargers, thirty-seven nothing. Kind of faded down the stretch a little bit. Uh, Storyline of Dolphins franchise fading down the stretch. Pretty much, and a couple of things that stand out. Uh, There was a game against Denver. Peyton Manning in Denver, at Denver, Dolphins lost 39-36. Ryan Tannehill, by the way, that was his best season with the Dolphins. I would say, I would say even better in 2016. Uh, and look at that coaching staff. It included Zach Taylor. It included Dan Campbell. It included Ben Johnson, who is now uh, the OC in Detroit and a hotshot head coaching candidate. So this was quite the coaching staff. And... Dolphins still finish 8-8. Eight eight. Hold on, I'm not done. However, what stands out to me from that season is the Dolphins already had been eliminated from the playoffs. They beat the Minnesota Vikings. And I'm, I'm sure you remember this. Mm-hmm. Next last game of the season, 37-35 on a block punt for a safety in the final minute by my good buddy Terrence Fade. Mm-hmm. Really, really good guy, by the way. Anyway, and after the game, we're in the locker room, and Stephen Ross gathers the, the journalists to tell him he's got a Christmas present for all of us and that we will not have to worry about a coaching search in, search in the offseason because Joe Philbin will be back as head coach, <clears throat> and he was for four games. Yes, and it probably was a move that um, sh- he should have checked with his players in the locker room um, before he did that. You, you know what I always say, smart ownership, they always have a plant. Mm-hmm. In, the, in the locker room and a, honestly a plant in the coaching staff um now clearly during the brian floors era they had a plant in the coaching staff um and, and i don't necessarily feel like they had a plant in the locker room but it allows you to keep an understanding of what the culture is and what the climate is and in that climate in 2014 it was very clear to the players that they didn't want joe Philbin back and he returned the very next year, and I'm sure we'll talk about that a little bit later. But they started out the season one and three, and he got fired in after in after that uh the the London trip, mm-hmm. and it was a team that was non-responsive to Joe because they didn't want him back. They looked like they were going through the motions, playing as a bunch of zombies playing uh, yeah. early in the 2015 season. Uh, one last thing about the 2014 season: the last game of the season was against the Jets, and two things that stood out in that game is Lamar Miller had the franchise record with a 97-yard touchdown run, but they lost 37-24 to the Jets when Geno Smith from Miramar had a 158.3 passer rating. 
Yes, Geno Smith, who's still a starting quarterback in the NFL for the Seattle Seahawks. Um, and it'll be interesting to see what happens with that organization now that they're under new management. But, hey, Geno Smith, keep getting your cash, brother. Um, you go. Okay, so we're back to talk about what we're here to talk about. And you can find all the stories on the latest moves with about Anthony Weaver and Poupard's breakdown of the selection on alldolphins.com. Stories are free, no paywall. You know how we do it. You click, you read. That's it. And you can find all our work on social media streets by typing in hashtag all dolphins. And then you can find everything, including my breakdown on Christian Wilkins, including the roster breakdowns. Um, but Anthony Weaver, please educate the people before I give my take and perspective. Okay. Uh, so here's the breakdown on Anthony Weaver. Comes over from the Baltimore Ravens, where for the past two seasons, he was assistant head coach slash D-line coach. He's been an NFL assistant since the mid-2010s, has been with the Jets, the Bills, the Cleveland Browns, and we'll get back to the Browns, the Houston Texans, and the Baltimore Ravens. He has experience as a defensive coordinator for one year in 2020 with the Houston Texans when their talent base was pretty poor. They had J.J. Watt, who wasn't prime J.J. Watt anymore, and a whole lot of who-is-this-guy type of players. And it reflected the number that stands out from that season is they had the fewest turn takeaways in the entire NFL with only nine. Anthony Weaver coached with the worst team against the run. No, I can't remember if they were the worst pass or the run in that season as well. I can't remember. So let me not. I want to say it was the run. They had, um, they were 30th in total yards allowed, fewest takeaways. Anthony Weaver was on the Cleveland Brown staff in 2014 when another assistant was none other than Mike McDaniel. So they have some history together. Very highly regarded by John Harbaugh, um, who spoke kind very highly. Seemed to be the front winner. However, because we need to be, we like to be thorough here. It does need to be pointed out that as as beautifully as John Harbaugh and as highly as John Harbaugh spoke of Anthony Weaver. He did not promote him to replace Mike, McDon- Mike McDonald, who took over as Seattle Seahawks head coach. He promoted inside linebackers coach Zach Orr. So again, if we're, but having said that, <clears throat> by all accounts, Anthony Weaver is a very highly respected defensive coach. Uh, he is a motivator, and I'm going to guess probably going to relate better to his players than Dick Fangio said. Um, and as Dick Fangio did, I should say, and we have a statement here from Mike McDaniel, perhaps suggesting as such, with basically saying he's a, he's a proven resume of success built on his personal investment in his players. Mm-hmm. Most importantly, he shares our belief that player development is the cornerstone to both team building and sustained excellence. Hmm, wonder what he's referring to. Um, I don't think that was a shot or shade at Vic Fangio. I don't think it was. Come on, you really think it was? Because I don't I don't think Vic Fangio was opposed to player development. Just he was just opposed to Camp Smith. <laughs> he was opposed to Camp Smith's development. <laughs> yeah. Uh, not necessarily a, a shot directly at him, but it's interesting. I, I don't know. It's interesting that he the point I mean, he wasn't opposed to Andrew Van Ginkle's player development or 
or Jalen Phillips's player development or Javon Holland's player development. He was just opposed to Cam Smith's player development. Like, and, and, you know, that will be vetted out. Trust me. We'll, we'll figure out whether or not Cam Smith can play or not, or whether or not he's committed to being a professional or not. And Cam Smith, I'm sorry. He should be staring at a starting spot. And if he's not getting himself ready and prepared for a starting to play a starting role this offseason and, and doing everything possible to cement his career, especially with a Sam Madison there as a mentor, something is wrong. So, no, correct. absolutely. And, and he, he may never get a better shot yeah. on the starting job. I mean, he'd be that would be like, a bad look on him if he wasn't really exactly. Good. I mean, if, if he did have a problem with alcohol or weed or women and he can't put that down for the next seven months to submit himself as a, into a starting role. Well, actually not seven, probably nine months. Something's wrong. Like clearly something's wrong. Like it's right there in front of you. Um, I'm, I'm pretty sure Ethan Bonner's looking at it like, yeah, I got to clean up my life. I got to get right. Um, listen here, because he also has the same opportunity. I mean, the job's wide open. You want it, go take it. Except one was a rookie free agent, the other one was a second round pick, and and I don't discriminate. So was um. So no, was I know I know you don't. I do. If you come into the league as a second round pick, the expectations are higher for you, and you can shake your head all you want. But no, sorry, sorry. There's a there's a reason somebody's a rookie free agent, and and somebody is. I agree with you, but round. then there there are players like Brent Grimes who and Cam Wake who are all rookie free agents I, for. I a reason. understand that. And Ethan Bonner, nobody can tell me that Ethan Bonner can't be Brent Grimes or or Cam Wake and. That look look at look at um what's what's the rookie that played that they got wrote actually let me stop um this nickel cornerback damn why did I talking about Cater yeah Cater Cater was your best rookie last year and he wasn't a draft pick who cares I understand that here but the, <clears throat> the thing that you you need to you need to give me on this is if your rookie free agent comes in and he busts out. Nobody remembers. Nobody cares. If your second round pick comes in and busts out, it's a bad mark on the organization. It's a worse mark on the player. And Can we not agree on this. No, I mean, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. It's it's a bad. It's about. I don't care if a player who comes from nothing develops and becomes a star. If the play, if a second round pick busts. That's just t- bad talent evaluation. That's just a guy that can't survive in Miami, and and those things happen. Oh, um, we, are we taking the we Zach taking the leap here? Are we taking the leap here that that's what happened with Cam Smith? No, no, we're not. Okay, uh, okay. What I am saying is, opportunity is opportunity. Christian Wilkins was a first round draft pick. Correct. Zach Sealer was a seventh round draft pick who'd been waived. In my mind. Just my mind. Uh-huh. They are comparable players. You cannot tell me that one is clearly better than the other. Again, I'm going to play, the, I'm gonna play gonna, the same game. 31 other GMs have their choice. Money not being a factor, Omar, between Christian Wilkins and Zach Sealer. Okay. Mm-hmm. And I think most of them would take Christian. I, I understand that. Say hi, Mila. Hi. Hi. Um, I understand yeah. that. I understand what you're saying, but you do get the point that I'm trying to make. It was pl- player development. Both of them were in the league at the exact same time span. And here we go. Christian and Zach are close. Okay, but you, you're missing you're missing the other point. And, and we, we, sh- we shouldn't get caught on this because we're ta- here to talk about 
uh, Anthony Weaver. To me, again, the second round pick is going to get a lot longer leash to prove he can and a lot more players. opportunities. Okay, yeah. that's, that's that's what I'm saying. That's well, why it's who cares good. if he gets outperformed by Ethan Bonner, then Ethan Bonner will play. Who Correct. cares? Correct. I'm, like, and Ethan, and if Ethan Bonner can play, great. But um, the expectation was that Cam Smith would be that guy, not Ethan Bonner. Okay. Anyway, okay. going back to Anthony Weaver. Um, this is your invitation to the intersection of versatility and design. The kind of experience you can only find in a Lexus SUV. A feeling this empowering is invite only. Fortunately, you're invited. Experience the versatility of the complete line of Lexus SUVs and some of the best offers of the year on select models at the Invitation to Lexus sales event, now through April 1st. Experience amazing at your Lexus dealer. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Again, I don't hold against him what happened with Houston in 2020. It's the only shot as defensive coordinator. Again, you educated was, me by putting by giving me the, the rundown of the roster. Yes. Yeah, it wasn't, and again, it, and they didn't have a pro, one Pro Bowl guy that year, including J.J. Watt, whose best year behind him. In fact, he had five sacks that year, and unless I read it incorrectly, he never had more than that the rest of his career as a wound down, his Hall of Fame career. The guy was a complete stud, but at that point, he wasn't the J.J. Watt we knew. Um and he was given credit for the development of Justin Madubuike, who was like completely balled out this year, 12 sacks, uh, going to make himself a lot of money because he's a free agent. He's mm-hmm. also been given credit for the development of Trevor Jones. And, and if he's a free agent who doesn't get the franchise tag, he might be a good fit for this Dolphins defense if you choose to move on from another defensive tackle. Correct. Um, development of Broderick Washington as well. And under his Tule, he was the run game coordinator in 2021. When he first got to Baltimore, they led the league in, in uh, run defense. They were third in 2022. This year, they were like 13th, but they were overall uh, number one. So uh, I'm willing to overlook that. But he wasn't the defensive coordinator. He, but he was not the defensive coordinator. Correct. Uh, he was assistant head coach, defensive line coach, exactly what his duties were. Uh, obviously, that's nebulous. Here's the thing. If we're going to be honest about it, there's more of an unknown with him. The hope is that he's going to do a great job, and there's no reason not to, to think that that's possible. It's a different situation than at this time last year when Vic Fangio came in and had that crazy resume where everybody was like, oh, yeah, that's the guy. Oh, yeah. I mean, Vic Fangio was arguably the top addition outside of Jalen Ramsey on the entire team last year. And I don't think he was a disappointment considering he delivered a top 10 defense. And delivered it down the stretch when he basically had no players. Um, so I'm not do you, if you come in here to disrespect Vic Fangio, I'm, I'm, I don't want to hear it. I really don't. Um, we can say whatever he was about old little grumpy curmudgeon. And, you know, I, I, I have some history with those. So um, it, it hey, is, hey, hey, you leave me out of this. All right. <laughs> It, it is what it is, man. It, listen, you know what you you knew. You, and that's the thing about Mike B. Daniel, because Mike B. Daniel had been trying to sign him since he got the head coaching job, and you knew what you were getting. 
Vic Fangio does not pretend to be anybody other than who he is. Mm -hmm. So, and Philadelphia Eagles are signing up for exactly what the Miami Dolphins got. So, you know, it is what it is. Now, was it a good fit for Mike McDaniel? And it probably wasn't. And I think he learned something and he learned a lesson from that. And what I like is they are selling Anthony Weaver as a leader of men. I don't know him. I don't know him from Adam. Not Gase, just Adam. Um, And what I like about him, here are the things that I like about him. He comes from the Baltimore organization. You know how I feel about the Baltimore organization. Yeah. yeah. They play a brand of hard-nosed, disciplined, in-your-face, we're going to punch you in the mouth first, football. And I respect that. If he brings any element of that into this, Finesse organization. Uh, I said it. Yes, I said it. I, I, I am, I am, um, I'm, I'm, I'm acknowledging that they are more style than they are physicality. Mm-hmm. Um, they're as flashy as Mike McDaniel's wardrobe, but toughness, eh, not, a, not exactly a strength. What I, that's what I like about him, and I like the fact that he is part of the Fitzpollins leadership alliance where they believe that he's going to be a young African-American coach who is eventually going to be a head coach. He was interviewed for two head coach openings during this cycle. Um, That's a a good starting point. Um, Obviously he is a young guy who probably in five years will, will be in Mike McDaniel's position. So I, I love that in terms of the elevation. Now, the things that I don't like, only one year as a defensive coordinator, that makes me, and then that one year was not good. And in your, in his defense, you have put a case to the jury and pleaded his argument that he didn't have much to work with, and I acknowledge that. I, I, I acknowledge that. I accept it. But you know that I felt and I have written, and I stand by this, and I am fully in belief of this, you needed a gray beard on your coaching staff because Mike McDaniel is still a young coach. He does not know what he does not know, and sometimes those gray beards help you out in jams and difficult situations and when to lean on your instincts versus analytics and science and different coaching coaching decisions because coaching isn't just – what, what happens on Sundays with the X's and O's and the personnel decisions, coaching is all week. And how do you deal with pers- different personalities? How do you deal with different crises? How do you deal with a player who's angry about not getting a contract? How do you navigate this Christian Wilkins situation? And it is a situation. You need those veterans. You need those guys with head coaching mm-hmm. experiences. And right now, at this very specific moment, because they've got other jobs that they need to fill on this staff, there's nobody on the staff with any kind of head coaching experience. So exactly who does Mike McDaniel, what? Not oh, don't, don't give me interim. Don't give me interim. Okay, I'm, well, the, no, it does not count. It does not count. So they have not one, but they have... I get it, three. I think I think it's okay. It's no, okay. It's, have... no, it's only one, actually. It's just... Uh... No, Stoosville, and then um, the quarterback coach was an interim coach. Oh, Darrell Bevel, you were correct. Correct. Um, that is that is nice and encouraging 
but tell me the crisis that Darren Bevel or Studesville have navigated the, their team through. I don't think there's any. And you never know. What, but, hey, I like Mike McDaniel. I'm confident in Mike McDaniel. I like the fact that he has history with Anthony Weaver, so he knows how good he is as a coach. A lot of the defensive coaches are guys that he interviewed were guys that he has history with. Yeah, what? and he interviewed, interviewed. I mean, he worked with Weaver exactly ten years ago. Um, continue, Philip. Yeah, I will continue. I, I I don't know exactly how I feel about the whole notion of of needing a veteran voice. I, there's some merit to it. That to me, I don't think it needed to be be the end, be all end all. Again, I'm I'm willing to give Anthony Weaver the benefit of the doubt, and obviously, if he interviewed for two head coaching openings, Seattle Seahawks. Sorry, Atlanta Falcons, Washington Commanders, before those jobs went to Dan Quinn and Raheem Morris, obviously is well thought of. Um, the one issue, if we want to play devil's advocate, is you're looking at a guy who, if he interviewed for two head coach openings this year, uh, who's to say he's not interviewing for head coaching openings next year? Yeah. And but- who's to say he doesn't even – hold on, let me finish. You, let me finish. You okay. Forfeited the floor when you went and took care of Mila. Hey, she uh, got a poo-poo, man. What you want me to do? No, no. I, you got to take care of what you got to take care of. But then, but I got the floor now. So he, he becomes maybe a better candidate. But again, I'm un- under the, the the opinion the Dolphins are operating in win-now mode. Let's worry about this year now. So from that standpoint, I'm okay with it. It's But also understanding it's it's certainly not out of the realm of possibility that it could be another one and done. And that means he had success. Um, the one thing that I am uncomfortable with is I would have loved to have seen a guy with more experience, a Leslie Frazier, a Brandon Staley, even though I, yeah, I, 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 don't shake your head. Don't shake your head. I'm, I'm going to shake my head. Mm-mm. Dude, here's the thing is Brandon, because Brandon Staley had one year as a DC and it worked out great for the Rams in 2020. They were number one in the NFL in total defense. Oh, he had the best defensive tackle. Sorry, the best defensive player in the NFL. And he had the best cornerback or top three in the NFL as well. And then for three years as a head coach, when he was in charge of the defense, they sucked with the Chargers on defense, which is area is an area of specialty. So no, I don't know. I and I get he could have kept the exact system in place because I don't know exactly, I don't believe necessarily that. Weaver is a big fan. He's not a big fan. Joe disciple. No, I don't know what kind of tweaks are going to be. The defense is experiences with a three, four. That's what they played in Baltimore and in Houston. Um, I, I, I was not a big fan of Vic Fangio's defense, even though it worked. And even though Mike McDaniel and the quarterback collective that he's part of the, their little clique, they believe that those defenses are the hardest to face. Mm-hmm. You, you, um, you, give me a John Harbaugh defense. Cause that physical, in your face, pressing, versatile defense. Mm, I, I'm sorry. I I don't care that half the uh, one third of the NFL is running Vic Fangio's defense. Give I you want it, you want this zone? Give me give me a zone defense all day long. But now I'm not an offensive player. I'm saying get as an offensive player, give me a zone defense oh, all correct. day long. Yeah. Uh, I, I don't want people who are who are pressing and being physical with me. So um, it'll be interesting to see what style he runs and utilizes. Um, but they do know how have a defensive coordinator. 
they do have other openings on the staff. Um, speaking, of which, speaking of which, there's also the news this weekend that they lost their safeties coach, Joe Casper, to the Eagles in a lateral move, <clears throat> which basically means the Dolphins gave their blessing. And it's one of those, why would the Dolphins give their blessing to the Eagles to interview the dude for the same position after they just, quote unquote, took Fangio away? Part of you could make that argument. The other side of it is Joe Cap Joe Casper wants to go. Do you really want a guy on your on your staff to block the interview? No, and, and not only that, but Ronaldo Hill is a safeties coach, and probably with Vic Fangio coming here, he's probably kind of getting a de little slight demotion um from what his role was, uh sort of being the secondary coach for Vic Fangio. Um whoa, who are you talking about? Ronaldo Hill. He was second in charge uh, on the defense. And if, now if, if he joins, if he joins the Eagles, no, no, no. I mean, no, Casper joins the Eagles. Now what he I'm saying is safety's coach to safety's coach. It was, it was, I Ronaldo know now, now Ronaldo can slide into that safety coach position is what I'm trying to make. That would the be argument. a demotion because last year he was, he was secondary coach slash pass game coordinator. Let me ask you a question. Did you hear yeah. Ronaldo Hill get in the mix for a head coaching job, for, for a defensive coordinator job? No. Okay. So take a hint. Um, What's the hint? That, that, oh, that you expect it. But, but all I'm saying is going from his position last year, from going from secondary coach to safeties coach, that's a demotion. Take a hint. Okay. So that's what you're, you're saying he's getting demoted. Or – I didn't say that. Or – is it out of the realm of the possibilities that he's out the door and joins Fanjo in Philly? I didn't say that either. I'm just you know, I, I'm just throwing it out there as a possibility. Yeah. So there are possibilities. Um, I know Ronaldo specifically here because he wanted to be in Miami and he wanted to have this connection here with Vic Fanjo. I don't know what's gonna happen with that. Um, I, I'm a big fan of Ronaldo, even from his playing days here with the Miami Dolphins in 2008. And I will be a fan no matter what happens with his career. Um, but we we shall see. I think that this is not this is the first, but not the last of coaching staff changes that'll happen. And I think the staff is going to continue to evolve. How it evolves, we shall see soon. Because I, I have a hard time believing Anthony Weaver doesn't have people that he wants to bring along with him. I so. agree. And and maybe some free agents from Baltimore as well, if that's the case, just like with Fangio in Philly, we certainly could see Andrew Van Ginkle perhaps being a target for the Eagles. Deshaun Elliott perhaps being a target for the Eagles. They need safeties. Uh, Brandon mm -hmm. Jones is also a free agent. I don't know that Fangio had the kind of the same kind no. of affinity for Brandon Jones he did for Deshaun Elliott. And no. you're shaking your I mean, head. Yeah, there, there, there are going to be right. options. It listen, the defense needs to be rebuilt anyway. Um, who who's to say what's gonna happen? That's what free agency in the draft is for, and it'll be very interesting to see how this all plays out. Um, we will be here to 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 chronicle all of it on alldolphins.com. You know how to find the work. Um, all dolphins, you just type it in. Hopefully it's 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 saved under your tabs or or saved on your phone because it's free, people. It's absolutely free, no paywall. No, no minimum, no maximum on how many clicks you can make. It's free. You click it every time the story is there. The column is there. The analysis is there. And also these podcasts are there. You know how to find us. Like, subscribe on all audio platforms. We're alldolphins.com. And we will be back 
Monday. We got a special unless, episode. Unless more and more news breaks. Yeah, yeah, that's true. But we got a special when podcasts unite we're working on. And, and hopefully you folks will be entertained. Are you not entertained now? All right. We will check you out later. On that note, see you later. Have a good weekend. Be safe.